Welcome back to Starting the Startup. I'm here with Tony Grace again. We are going back to mergers and acquisitions. So last time we left off, Tony had just got done, what, three weeks, Steve, last time? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, so uh, three weeks after an acquisition, uh, one from uh, in the same state, and then kind of the things that you went through with that. So I uh, figured we'd come back, we would do an update, touch base on that stuff. Um, I may inject a little bit in with the things that I'm experiencing with it, but for somebody to hopefully be able to come through and say, hey, I learned something from this and maybe not make the same mistake I made. I don't know if you made any, but <laughs> made a couple. The last podcast they have said a little bit that you did. Um, it, you, you will, even if you listen to this or you put in everything. There's all the thing of the perfect plan. Um, so, Tony, update us. We're two months in. Tell us about it. Yeah, so, um, and we... Uh, We're still, we're still kind of, we're still kind of working things out. Um, a lot of things have been worked out, but it's still, uh, it's, it's not exactly like wag mold, but I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of things that just kind of keep popping up. Um, operationally, uh, with the company that, that we acquired, um, it's, there, there are things that have just been hard to anticipate. Uh, I think I might have mentioned in the last podcast, you know, like they'd had the same, this, for example, they had the same point of sale that we did. And we thought, hey, this is going to be awesome. That's a hurdle we don't need to clear. We don't need to re-educate everybody how to use this system. Yeah. And um, as we found out, although they were using the system, they used it a totally different way than we did. And it's a pretty broad POS system. So it can, yeah, can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're selling tampons suddenly out for some reason, or um, that different. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, and uh, and the way that it, you know it can be it can be highly configurable. Uh, it is highly configurable, and we um, we put a lot of effort into making it just so. And uh, there was there was a lot of work that we needed to do to make sure that that system um, was configured the same way. That there wouldn't be any kind of issues uh, with uh, somebody maybe putting information in and not getting something back that they that they didn't expect. But um, but then after that, really, it still there was a usability there was a usability aspect to it where we really had to we really had to um, educate people on how the system works the way that we use it. How how long did it take for you? Or did you even take the time to understand how they use it, or you were just like, nope, this is how you're going to use it going forward? Well, I mean, we, yeah, there's like where you listen and we say, okay, um, like, well, I go, okay, well, so when you go to build a work order, it's like this, right? And they're like, well, no, we do it like that. But we still we still are going to listen and say, why are you doing it that way? Yeah, because we. We're a work in progress just like anybody else. And if they have an idea or they're doing something in a way that makes more sense the way we're doing it, we won't go about it. So we have the, the location we're acquiring has a different POS. And so we've had to have this conversation like, well, we kind of just got to change their POS. We have to have one. You can't operate two different POSs in two different locations. For the yeah. Product. Like, a nightmare. So like, we have to try to learn what there is along the way. But it's interesting as you're saying, you're kind of doing that same thing, but you also have a much larger company. Each change of how you operate things in the POS has a catastrophic waterfall of implications to it. Of like, how does it pull inventory? What does it do for 
the accounting back end and everything. So I, I can't imagine that's easy to do. Yeah, no, it's a it's a spider web. I'm, I'm very very thankful that we have so many smart people on staff that have been able to help work through those issues. I mean, if we if we didn't, I don't even know what we would have done. You know, we we, we could have called up the we could have called up the point sub company and uh, try to work through it. They don't really understand it. They might understand the point of sale system, but they don't really understand our company and how we work. Yeah. So um, you guys would just be like, this is what it is now, and you change the inventories and the SKUs and all that. You just have to put a bunch of skilled labor into everything's going to be different now. Like, hey, new, all these employees zip location, this is your new POS, and it'd be like a go live launch POS of that type of thing. Like what you've had, you, you change two or three times to POS. Yep. Be like that. Every oh, time it's terrible. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it looks like cool. We're gonna take over the location. Like, hey, welcome. By the way, with everything you have to your job is now different. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, and it's stressful. Um, it's it's most stressful for the people that had to operate it because they really have to kind of relearn how to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, back to your point, you can't have two point of sale systems, and you also can't have uh, even if you have the same point of sale system, you can't have these locations doing something one way and these locations doing something another way because, especially um, with the shared inventory. Yeah. But yep. impossible at that point. I mean, you could do it, but more like that, that'd be a pain in the ass. Yeah. From that aspect. And then also we've got the same accounts payable, accounts receivable people. Um, we've got the same, we've got the same account. Like they're running all the same stuff and there, there just would be no way for them to keep track and try and understand that the differences between here and there and Dude. wherever else. So when you go out of state, throw that all away. What you just said, when you go out of state, you have to set up a separate entity in that state or get approval to operate within that state, which is separate bank accounts, separate payrolls, separate licensing, all that shit. Been a drink from the fire hose for me recently to learn that one of like, oh, so I can't just like show up there and do business? Like, all right, cool. They're like, no, like you have to have your own corporate filing, your entity, like even Amex. I'm like, hey, can I get a credit card that just says this other company on there rather than mine and underneath this account? They're like, no, we have to set up a new account. Sweet. Okay. Because we're doing a DBA at that location. We're going to rebrand it a year. So we can go there and get set up a new one, and then you have to set like all the tire companies would be in that state registered as all the tire companies. It would add a different uh, FDIN. It's crazy, but it makes sense because you're kind of like starting another company there. Yeah, so I'm gonna. It does make sense, yeah. And that state's gonna have its own laws, its own tax laws, its own operating laws, yeah, whatever else. So, um, yeah, we have to have a registered agent in the in the state. That was a registered voter that is there that says they're like they're a, a that's their permanent residence. We have to assign a person with that for that state to be the head of that business, even though they have no location, they can't vote or do anything. So the operating agreement then has to be changed saying this person is in charge of this location but has no accountability, no responsibility, no voting rights or anything for it. And you can pay a company to be that registered agent for you or a person or whatever, and that is your they technically own that business there and then the operating agreement says that no they don't it's nuts so like that's a lawyer yeah so a massive tangent anyways back over um so you know the prs thing of a huge thing for it you're working heavily through that um you know today you mentioned you know working with people each is i'm sure that's a huge part of it yeah man um you know there's uh there's just so many different aspects to it um you know, everything is everything is the same, generally speaking, for these people at this uh, at this 
at this company that we acquired, but also everything's different, right? Like we do things, uh, we do things in a totally different way. And uh, some people were really excited about it. Some people were not. Some people had to feel their way through it. Some people got on board. Some people ultimately decided that they uh, they would rather be doing something different. And with a lot of this, um, well, we're still uh, there's a couple couple stragglers that were uh, that were here recently, kind of uh, you know the situations we're dealing with, but. Uh, at at first, it didn't uh, it didn't there were, but uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that the operations at that company we were going to be discontinuing. So I don't really count that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say probably I would say at this point probably like thirty percent of the original staff has. As uh, shows of the seeking new opportunity, I've heard expect at least twenty with it because yeah, like there's the key man policies and stuff. Like if there's something important, like hey, if this person leaves, you're you know the escrow that you hold after. So like if you're buying a business for three million dollars, you're probably going to put like three hundred thousand dollars in the escrow to say, hey, this is for if we find shit that we didn't realize before that we get to reserve if uh, bills come through that we're paying on your behalf that you didn't pay and that type of stuff. But key name policy, my understanding, they're like, if this person leaves in the first six months, then you're going to lose the escrow. Yeah, we didn't, and we didn't have any of that. Um, I don't know if you probably had it in the way you wanted it as a key man to do it. Uh, you know, the way that the business was set up, because I don't, I don't want that to come across like, you know, there were people that there were that were that important. Well, no, like you said, um, I was like through Calvin in the last one. Yeah, so yeah, that's the the message that can be sent over if you're not careful. Yeah, and and um, you know. The way that their business was set up, um, there wasn't a ton of like subordinate leadership uh, below the owner. It was kind of like owner and every a lot of it was pretty flat. The organization, yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how much that really would have applied, um, but that was this particular company. We were the same thing, you know. The only the key man that we would have at that location would technically be the GM because the owners are leaving. And the GM is, from my understanding, not somebody that we want to keep anyway, so we don't have any of that either. Um, but that was what, you know, we we, have, we went through a practice of, like, let's say 40% of your current management staff leaves the day that you say you take over, what are you going to do? And that was something we had to go through through SBA lending. They asked us a bunch of those questions, and we're like, I'll freaking move there with my family, and I'll handle it. I opened one location. I'm pretty sure I could take over one that's already running. Yeah, and I mean... We're still on that scale where we could do that if we needed to. So far, we haven't had to, and we do have uh, pretty solid subordinate leadership at the at, at our company. So, you know, we've got some folks that uh, that have been stretched kind of thin, but uh, that's this process that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean they uh, they still they understand what our company is about and. Um, you know, there's been where they've been stretched then, so also have we, and just trying to keep everybody on the same page as uh, the time is time is the biggest limiting factor, honestly, mm-hmm. because you know we're some teams are having conversations and making decisions, and it's hard to communicate all of that out um, to everybody in a 
very timely fashion because a lot of the stuff is like you could you could just send emails out, but sometimes they'll generate more questions than answers. Yeah, they do. You know, um, so it's 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 about a little bit of trouble in that respect, but um, you know, I uh, I think I think the people on the helmet tire team, even though I know they can be frustrated sometimes. Um, you know, with with the additional workload, like we've been through stuff like this before, and it's tough. But um, I think anyway that we still got the I think we still got the trust that even though it's hard right now, we're going to work through it and we're going to come out on the other side. Yeah, I mean, what's the alternative to just keep doing what you've always done? Like that's not fun. Like, like it's uh, what is it? The, the three things that people at the end of their life they were uh, that they wish they did more of it was. Uh, learn more, uh, spend time with pe- uh, with people more, or um, uh, what's the third one? Uh, try something new. Um, spend time with people. Yeah. Anyways, that ultimately about it. It was like everybody at the end of their life is always like, I wish I would have tried more things. And so overwhelmingly, like what you see across every study that's out there for it, and it's like that nobody was the man. I wish I would have. Um, sat on my back deck more often type of thing. It's often more, I wish I would have went and seen what I was more capable of doing. Uh, what is it? The, that hell is when you meet the person you could have been as the person you are. Yeah, I agree that. You know, and I think, um, I think a lot of people will avoid doing that stuff because it's like there's impending struggle. You know, anytime there's, I mean, growing pains is a, it's growing pain. It's it can be painful, you know. I that book you gave me one of the pages I opened to, and I read it just before we bought out this podcast. You know, it said uh, if there were new horizons, yeah. and on those horizons were war clouds, and it's like, you know, I read that out loud to you guys because it was like, man, it it feels that way. I, I was thinking about this the other day. The, uh, I mean, this is, I, I, I don't know if, if you would share this. But actually, I'll ask you this question. On a scale of one to 10, a thing that you had to do as CEO of this company, where was this for your corporation, the amount of uh, difficulty? Where does this rank? And you've been through COVID, you've acquired locations before, you've added a, uh, a, a you know, outside and facility, like a new retread facility, you came up with it. I mean, you think of all the things that you've accomplished over the last like seven, eight years that I've known you, uh, in a very short period of time, tons of accomplishments. Thinking of this one in the grand scale of all those things, scale one to ten, ten being the hardest. Not that it's, it's like ten is unbearable, but like compared to the others. No, man, because you know I, uh, I have felt like everything has been hard every day, <laughs> um, and. Once you, it's like, once you get a handle on stuff, you know, that's, that's fine. But, um, you know, you go and you do something, you go and you do something new and that's hard. The, I, I don't know if that changes a whole lot as you kind of like go up the rungs of the ladder, um, Things on certain scales or whatever, you know. Like I would monitor; it's not hard. Then what you're saying, I mean, it's it's just it's 
when you're when you're dealing with the it's when you're dealing with a certain amount of experience and a certain amount of skill, um, you're there's the the, the difficulty is going to be relative. You know, I remember like like this yeah. is really hard right now. Yeah, for sure. To compared to running a single tire shop location, yeah, which is what I did at one point, is this more difficult than that? Um, I'm talking in your organization as a whole, not just you. Oh, um, because it was the way you said that before. I remember you were, when, when you went 10 million as your, uh, as your company, you're like, man, what it took me to get here was very difficult for. I remember this very vividly. You're like, but there's people that have taken this company and their companies to 50. And if I said, Hey, can you take this company from 10 to 20? They'd be like, yeah, no problem. And sooner or later we'll become that. But today we're going, oh, how do we do that? But yeah, as an organization as a whole, you think of all the departments, marketing, human resources, operations, finance, like, the stress and then how many people are involved and how much it spreads them thin as a whole. Like if I look back to like COVID, dude, I was at wit's end. I remember staring out that window was right there, just like ready to punch it out because I was just so frustrated. So on a scale of one to ten, this was like a nine with COVID being ten. And I was shut down for nine months after being open for six. Yeah, and I mean that's probably I mean when you put it when you put it that way, that's probably pretty accurate. You know, uh certainly not easy. What I like, what I have the hardest time, what I have the hardest time with, and this is just, you know, as the, as I think you grow as a, as a leader, as the organization grows, um, as your own personal mission grows, you know, I remember, I remember this very vividly. I remember, um, trying to, just trying to change tires and do a good job for the customer. Um, the, the text message I got from you, it's stormy at two o'clock in the morning. I'm changing tires on the semi and I want every other semi top yard, uh, tire or every, every semi truck in this yard to look at that guy and be like, who the hell is that? I want them doing my tires. I remember waking up to a text message from you like that. I remember that day. <laughs> and you know what? And, and when I sent that text message, I was fucking, that was badass, dude. And I, I mean, I could. I could change more tires faster, better, you know, whatever, live good doing it. But like, I, I remember when, when even that was tough, I remember driving home and like, you know, and I mean, literally just crying because I, I, I thought, I, I just can't believe I can't get the handle above this. And, you know, um, and, uh, and that it, it goes from you personally struggling and like now, like, am I personally struggling with, Stuff that I had to do at work. Yeah, I'm, I'm growing. It's painful. Um, but now the thing that bothers me most is seeing other people in the organization struggle. Because it makes me feel like I'm not doing what, what I really need to be doing. But so um, this is what I, and I was talking with Kathy about this too, because we had a bunch of just real shit dumped on our plate recently with it. Like, learned a ton of things, a bunch of stuff changed with it. It was like, okay, this is a lot. And it was like, well, we can look at it and be like, man, this really sucks. And thinking that there's going to finish line where it's not bad or anything like that. But we're going to look back at the last five years of our company. And the minute we're almost done with something really difficult, we're already starting the next thing that's super freaking difficult that's going to make things hard. So we're like, okay, then this is who we are. So if that's the case... Why are we frustrated with it? Why are we struggling with this? Why not just be like, yeah, this is what we expected. This is the journey. 
you know, I remember one time sitting in my truck, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I was dealing with something, a, a, a few things, and um, I, it was, it was, it was very, very, it was a, it was a difficult time for me, mm-hmm. uh, and I just remember kind of like putting my hands and on the steering wheel and putting my head on my hands. And I was like, you know that, you know that this is going to keep happening. Like, you know that this is, this is not the last time you're going to be dealing with this in your life. And this week, (laughs) are you, um, are you going to, are you going to do it or are you not? Do you want this or don't you? And it's like, okay, I got to keep, I got to keep going. I had that with Kevin. When we were in Florida with Andretti, we were, we were putting the combat system in and it was just failing and we were having all sorts of issues. I remember one night and we'd been going after it for like 18 hours a day for like a week on this one piece I get to. And he goes, I think I may have it. And if this works, I'll have finally solved it and it'll work. And I went, I just want you to just admit that that's not going to be what it is. You may have solved this one problem, but it's not going to work. You are just going to move on to the next problem that's going to happen. And when you're done with that one, you're going to move on to the next problem that's going to happen. Once you accept that that's what we're doing, it just constantly solving one problem after the other. You're like, oh, okay, this is what is to be expected. And it stops seeming so unsurmountable. And at the end of the day, like, you know, even for me, I was talking with my wife yesterday. I'm like, if this all grew up and I lost all that cool shit, I learned a lot. That really sucks. I want it to happen. I feel like an ass and this is stupid. But you know what? That's what happened with it. And I'll go after the next one later on. And so much more, Casey does a good job of carrying this. He carries a very, actually, he's glad, like, attitude with it of like, we won't worry about it until we have to worry about it. And usually when we worry about it, it's like, do we really need to worry that much? Not really. That's something they're grip us. Oh. Wow. Okay. And like, I, I, I find myself lift in and out of that. Like yesterday at like six o'clock, I had the guys here. We were racing go-karts out on the track and playing Mario Kart and breaking everything and whatnot. And I had some news come in. It was like, whew, that heavy. I was like, turn it off. Not need you about it. You'll find out what it is. You'll fake action. You'll either figure your way around it or you won't. You'll change direction. And it's interesting. This is, and this whole thing, because of the layer of complexity goes into it, the amount of people involved, the saves run out of it. You had a bigger acquisition and a bigger company to acquire it into. So there's more repercussions of the action suits. I can't even imagine how heavy that is on your shoulders, on your team's shoulders to make sure it goes right. But man, the, the, your team got to feel great about the idea of like the success of their team come from it. Yeah, no, I think, I think they do. And I, I mean, I, I really think that they also understand that, uh, you know, it's really, oh, the, the reason we're able to do this is because of the great job they've done. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that have enabled us to have these kinds of opportunities. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it still, it doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're going to feel it until you can reframe your mind. I think the best people out there, the people that like I aspire to learn from and whatnot, big major shit hits them and they're just like, okay. And they're just used to it. It's like, man, how do you get there? I remember uh, that clip from Coach one time. She was like, man, how do we manage your ups and downs? Like, you're either really high on the castle or you're down in the dump, it seems like. I'm like, you don't. I just accept that that's who I am. That's what I do. 
Yeah, and I, and I can definitely get that way. But like, I remember, you know, I was a, I was, I was an athlete, and uh, I remember when I was in college, we had an Olympian come and visit, and uh, he was just kind of giving us a little bit of a talk, and you know, a lot of a lot of being able to perform as an athlete, um, and I think also as someone in our position is. It's so much of it is mental mm-hmm. and like getting yourself in the right mm-hmm. frame of mind. Yeah. Uh, and you've got, you've got pressure and you've got nerves and you've got these emotions and all these things. And he said, you know, uh, one of the better things that I learned to do, and you can see it in these other elite athletes is that they don't, they don't like they kind of learn to modulate. Uh, those, those emotions, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and it's something that I've had to do. Like when, when you win, that's awesome, but I don't, uh, I don't get too crazy over it anymore because, um, it makes it harder to, it makes it harder not to let those lows be. You know, like you somebody can crash with it, and you know. Uh, if you think of it kind of like a sine wave, I mean, this is just the way I do it. It's every everybody's different, but I found it very helpful for me. It's just like when something sucks, I just, uh, you know, it's like, okay, this sucks. I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow myself to go way deep down there because I can't because I. You know, five minutes later, I've got to do, I've got to do something else. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, you know, I remember one time I, I had this terrible interaction with a very big customer that we like just, we, we just, I mean, weeks, weeks earlier had started getting some of their business. We had that customer had been in town for as long as we had. I mean, you know, we're talking 60 years, never had their business, and finally we had a shot. And then I had this, you know, just, it was, it was a bad, bad meeting, um, bad day. And I went over, and my dad was working at the, uh, at the shop. And I told him about it, and uh, I said, you know, man, I, I think I just, I think I just totally fucked it up. And he said, do you want to just go home and, uh, you know, and not just, just take the rest of the day off. And I said, then kind of, and he goes, well, you can't, you have to go sell tires. So go sell tires. And I was like, I mean, Nim, I love your, I love your dad. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, that just is the deal, man. It's just, that's like every day there's going to be something. If you're, if you're trying to do big things, if you're trying to do well every day, something is going to try to knock you off balance. Something's going to try to fuck your whole day up and more. And sometimes that happens, but 
you like there there is no choice. It's either do you want to be on the ride or don't you? Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, you know, it's this is something I've been trying to figure out how to balance too. Is you know the idea of like secure oxygen oxygen mask before you secure other passengers. Yeah, like you have to be in a place where you're able to provide that support and stuff that goes into it. And especially like with this, with two companies and do and doing this acquisition thing. I'm finding myself where it's, you know, like 4 a.m. yesterday, I'm talking to the guys in Pakistan because that's their time frame. And then it's like, okay, right after that's China. And then after that's the Middle East. Right after that, it's East Coast and Midwest. And I finished up on the West Coast and it's 9 o'clock at night. It's like, holy shit. And you get to a point where it's like, okay, I, I had it. Uh, the other day, my dad came in and he walked. I, I walked past my mind, boy, I was like, hey. And she's like, hey. And we go by and he just goes, hey, you look nice today. And she said, thank you. And she skipped away. And I walked into the kid phone in the bathroom. I went, I don't have that in me right now. And he's like, well, that's a problem. Like, I just, I'm so like, I got to do this. This is the thing. And I'm so focused and this is where I got to go. I'm not seeing people and I'm not recognizing with it and whatnot. He's like, sounds like you probably need to be able to just take some time away. And it's like, should I? Or would I keep doing this? Like, because this is actually working or should I do that? And I don't know if there's like a magical formula for that balance, but man. That was, uh, as I have had, the the bigger the company gets or the more risks and things that come into it, the more I realize, holy shit, I think I need to have a turnoff switch. Like that's the EA, the executive assistant thing. The reason I hired her was literally to hand her my calendar and say, no meetings after this time, nothing before this time, during this time I'll work it out, during this time, this is the only way I'm going to be checking my emails and responding. So I have somebody else that can tell people no because I'm not good at it. Yeah, I'm not either. That's why I'm here today. So, uh, you know, we went like, real keep rolling through this. So, uh, I was telling you, you know, I put out some questions and whatnot. So we did the update and whatnot. We may have some of this in it, but, um, but it's definitely interesting. Top three struggles of a, of acquisitions, merger, whatever that you've experienced. What is the hardest part of it? Trying to put it into either a word or a sentence. Type. Kind. Number two? I see. No, this is No, you know, it, just, just trying to, man, just trying to make sure everyone has what they need. And, you know, I, I just made that joke and I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm here. I, you know, trying to maintain relationships is very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is something that we've been, I mean, like, I don't know, what was it? You were right now, I mean, for, a week for the text back. Oh, dude, we about this and like, yeah. you know, and, and I feel bad about it. And it's just like, man, I just, I have to, have to do it. I had to, I had to go. Like, we have to get this done because, um, you know, Jordan, Jordan has asked me to do this and I, and I need to do it. Um, you know, just, just trying to, I, I place a very, very high importance on our people on those relationships, on those friendships. And um, I really want to make sure that people have what they need. You know, you talk about strapping on the oxygen mask. I I was about determined to take three days off um, in the first couple of weeks of January. And there was just no way. I mean, I, you know, could I have used it? Yes, definitely. Um, but uh, I can, I can take it. You know, and I don't, uh, it's hard for me to say, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this burden on your shoulders for a little while. Cause I, I, I need to take care of me and I can't, 
and can't be carrying it right now. That would be very difficult as a leader to say to ask your peers to do that or your 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 team to do that. And I know you guys are all working really hard to pull thin, but I'm gonna go take time. And I know my team like I know that they would I know that they would understand and they would be like, Yeah, yeah, Tony needs Tony needs some time off. But uh, but it it's still it's it's hard to do when you know that so many people are depending on you. And right now so much of what we're trying to take care of is tactical. You know, it's this is still we've still got things popping up. You know, and um, so you're trying to plan long term, but you're putting out fires at the same time. That are yeah, yeah, yeah. And and do I have other firefighters? I mean, for sure. But like, they've got their own stuff, and you yeah, got to make sure they're okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah slow you down in the process of getting them up to speed. That you just want to get them knocked out. It's a tough balance. Yeah, and that's coming. Same thing for us. You know, we've got you know, I've for the last two years been building a team that can go to another location, get it up and running, and whatnot. To about a little over a year ago, I started talking about a second location. Also, then I noticed that the team was focusing on what they're going to do with that next location. But like, whoa, we don't have land yet. Like, pump brakes. Don't focus on that and go to this. So I had to tell everybody, like, hey, until I tell you when, it's not when. And so we, you know, we're getting ready to get this thing up and running. And I just had to loop in one more person from that manager team because, like, okay, we've identified this is something more than what Casey and I can just handle along with the transition and the human resource aspect and all that. And Casey yesterday was like, hey, we have this whole team. Why not just bring them in and apply them to it? I'm like, because right now they have shit that's a priority too that we need them to stay focused on. The minute we say now you're over here, you can never take them away from that. If you say, hey, you're involved in this project and you go, the minute you say, hey, it'll actually don't be here anymore, you're saying, I don't want you. So we want to make sure we absolutely have to have them exhaust all the other resources first before we take the time to get them all ramped up in it. Oh, that's going to be the right answer, right? Because we also may get there, learn a bunch of shit, and go, "Oh shit, we should bring this person into it." And now we've got to relearn. She, that person has to relearn all that shit. You know, wouldn't beverage I mean, yeah, because the team that you're putting together hasn't actually done this yet. Right. Then you're going to find out who on that team is actually capable of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Or who actually wants to do it. You yes. know, it's everything sounds really fun in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know. But there is a, there is a, there is a little bit of a dip. Yep. And, um, there again, man, it's just, it's just the people. Yeah. And making sure that they're going to be okay. Yeah. And when you've got a team of people that is so big, it's, it can be challenging. Taking over another company, there is a limitless amount of things that you can change that you want to change. And it takes time to do it, and you want it all done that day, so it makes the pain go away of the differences. I want this to be easy, and everybody has that same goal. The whole team is: I want it to be easy. I want it to be uh, good for the customer. I want it to be profitable. Like they're they're screaming, like all the employees are screaming for your company to be profitable and easy operation. To get to there is a really painful thing, especially when you're like, hey, this thing that's done running like that. Well, that that company's been in business for what sixty years too, maybe. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, to take something that has one, yeah. you know, it's see clear. While I was thinking about this, I remember sitting in the parking lot. And we had this conversation on the phone. You said it. You were changing the culture at all. You had really just started taking the reins. This was almost six years ago now. And you said, "What do you think is more difficult, changing the culture of a company or starting a company from scratch?" And I was like, "Ah, that is interesting." I'm like, honestly, I think changing is probably the hardest thing. Getting people to change. 
to start it from scratch and go through it, even if that person agrees with me and understands it, that person agrees and understands it. Yeah, so then you think about it, once you've got that culture established, mm -hmm. think of what you would do to maintain it mm -hmm. and make sure that it doesn't go back. That's what we're facing with this. Uh, it's a location seven hours away. How do you maintain a culture, especially one as, you, as unique as ours, seven hours away with a team of people who have never experienced it before, like none of the founders, none of the management or anything's going to be living up there. So, I'm going to find out the ends are real goddamn quick on which one's harder. But I imagine changes really difficult, especially the longer they've been doing it. There's a lot of backwards change that has to happen there. I, get, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I got those three questions to it, but I mean, you hit it right there. It's like too many things to do with not enough time. And probably, honestly, the practicing the patience of this whole process. Just understanding, like, we're going to get there. It's going to happen today. This is what can be handled. And yeah. this is how much progress can be made. Well, there's that. And then there's also, like, you know, uh, giving, giving up your own time, you know, because there, there just is only so much that you can give. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to still get all this stuff done and, Make sure that you're a good husband, a good father. Or, well, I mean, she's <laughs> you add that that that's a full time job. Then too, you add a shit around your plate over here when you get out to get home. You're you're not who you typically have been with it. And my wife asked me Monday, should I need you to do me a favor and take an hour and go through and say and list out what you expect from me in this transition, so I better understand what you're expecting is going to happen with our family. I sat down and started going through that stuff, and I'm like, okay, shit, I made a lot of assumptions that I didn't tell her, yeah, this is what this is likely going to look like. And I'm just like, yeah, it's from my shoulders to bear. But at the end of the day, I got a 12-year-old daughter in there that has to go to school every day. I got a wife that needs a husband. I've got, you know, a limited amount of time that my daughter is actually going to be my little girl before she's a grown woman. And those things are being sacrificed all along that way. So balancing that even further, once you add layers of complexity of lifestyle to it, yeah, I talking about how yesterday the founders were here were racing go-karts and playing Mario Kart because four hours every two weeks we put in the calendar, this is what we do. And we do it every two weeks to make sure that we don't lose that. Just the same reason why you're doing the podcast. You don't get intentional about it. It's just in a ball way. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the operations you've learned there. That, um, what are some of the things that, uh, yeah, you know, actually, we'll keep, we'll go that real quick. What are some of the things with the operation that you learned that you have changed over at your current operations? Is there anything specifically you saw like, oh, they were doing this this way and that we learned from it and we did it. Now it changed these operations. Or has it been mostly how you do it goes there? I get caveat to this. This was not, this was not like you were buying a diamond. You were buying a, a work in progress. Yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of like processes and uh, the way they do things, uh, the way the way they were operating, you you kind of had you kind of get like two different groups, and and it's all that like I'm, all my I feel like all my answers always go back to people, but it's it's such a huge it's like the the main the only element, but like. You gotta have two different kinds of people at this company. You had the ones that were gonna get on board with the Alma Tire way of doing things, 
which really is a cultural thing. So it's really not a how we build stuff. It's really not a way we change a tire. It's the way we, just the way we walk. Your mentality. Yep. 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 And then you had people that were not that way. Um, the process, I mean, look, we, we sell tires and fix trucks. Okay. So like, there's really only kind of so many ways to skin that cat in terms of processes. Um, ours were probably a little more finely tuned because I think we put a lot more attention into how we did that. We listened a lot to our people. We tried, we had already done a lot of work into getting our different people at the different locations to try to establish best practices and things like that. Um, the way we didn't, we, the, for the people that I, I should say this way, for the people that, uh, the people that stayed and bought into the culture, we really didn't have much new to teach them. They really didn't have much new to teach us. Cause it's, yeah. Okay. So common, common alliance is all to that. Because, because it was like, what are you here to do? Yeah. And if they said, I'm here to win and be awesome, it was like, great. Nothing else to talk about. This is what the price matrix is. This is how we do this. Here's an SOP. If you have any questions, call this person. You know, um, it was like, do you guys have any other ways of doing this, that, the other? I mean, from a systems and processes way, they really didn't have a lot of that stuff established, so there wasn't a lot more of that coming back our way. But um, what I think we're going to find is the way that they manage their relationships and the kinds of things that they've done with their customers. I think we're going to have a lot to learn there. But it's still kind of it's still kind of early on um, for us to figure that stuff out at this point. That's incredible. You know, like as we're Casey and I've been talking about this for like, okay, what are the specific things? How are we going to learn? What does it come into? My gut is, is like, we're going to get there and yeah, pretty much. Is it the cold war fit? If it is, cool. What do we want to work on? It's this, this, and this. We have these things set up. There's been a couple of things this company has already taught us, but um, then we've been able to apply that stuff. But it's, we figure in two weeks, we're going to know everything we need to know that we can learn from them. And from there, it's going to be like, yep, okay. We, could we're working every position. He and I, we're going there, we're living there for two weeks and we're just going to work at every position to understand how things operate and who the people are, the mentalities and, We've got interviews all planned with the key leaders and stuff of breakfast and lunch. Then we have an event to meet with the employees and everything. Like all these different things to try to really just as fast as we can get to know who they are, what they're about, so that we know what changes. Week three, come back. Here's the care of the changes that we're thinking need to happen. Right through with our team of professionals. Go back there on week four, vet it through their team, agree on common alliance and how we're going to do that. Set meeting rhythms with it, who they're accountable to, and then go. There's our, there's our, there are rocks for St. Louis, and but well, it sounds awesome. I don't know, it sounds awesome, but yeah, we'll see what happens as we get into it. <laughs> it seems seems too good to be true, but um, so we'll probably touch base here, see where things are, give you time to get caught up on these things a little more. Like the first two months, I imagine was probably a lot of whirlwind, and we'll have to get an update of you know, it's similar to me, you've already acquired other places and that and where they're at now, they're running and everything, so. It'll be interesting to see with this as a larger one, and maybe by that time you'll have the excellent on your plate. We'll see. I've uh, it's funny because you know, like with doing this, we you know we've gotten some attention, and uh, I've had uh, more than one person reach out and uh, 
they're like, hey, you should you should really talk to these guys, you know, and you guys are a great company. I know these guys, they're a great company. They're kind of, this is sort of their timeline. You should talk to them, you know, being that you guys are acquired businesses and whatnot, and, you know, you're buying on selling. And it's like, yeah, it sounds great. You know, or, uh, or, you know, somebody else will say, hey, um, notice that you guys are doing that. Really sounds like you guys are a great organization. Uh, please let me know because that's something that we see on the horizon for ourselves. And we'd love to talk to you. And, uh, and that is awesome. But, you know, I've, I've also seen companies, um, I've also seen companies grow very, very quickly and they didn't have, they didn't have their ducks in a row to, to the point where they were able to maintain that. And, uh, we, we will not, uh, we will not let that happen. And, uh, you know, I don't really, I've never been a guy that is chasing a particular revenue number or a store location count or anything like that. Like we've got, we put numbers to that stuff because you want to be able to quantify your goals. And if you're not, if, if you don't have that stuff out there, you're never going to get there. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's not why I do what I do. And that's not why Alma Tire does what it does. You know, Alma Tire does not exist to be a $200 million company someday. Alma Tire exists to be an awesome employer and to do a great job for customers, to do good work, to do good work that is worth doing. Mm-hmm. If we can do more of that, that's awesome. If it reaches a point where we start losing sight of those things, um, if, you know, if, if, if we're not able to maintain that culture and that attitude, then that we've gone too far and, and, uh, and it's, we're, we're not truly fulfilling the mission anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I want, I want the company to grow because I want to get more opportunities, more people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as, as long as we're able to continue to do that, we'll continue to grow. You cool shit. Yeah, man. Because, <laughs> you know, when, when it does get down to the, to the, to the end, you know, if you, if you are a person that's lucky enough to have the opportunity to reflect on your life, um, you know, you want to be satisfied with what you did. Yeah. And in the end, you are only going to be accountable to yourself and to God. And those two people are going to know what's really in here. Yep. And if you lived a life that wasn't true to what you thought was the right thing to do, then it was, there's the other, there's the other brand of hell, right? That's, that can be a hell. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, honestly, I think that is probably the best note that we can end this on. So we'll touch base again with it down the road. We'll kind of, uh, we'll, we'll see when life frees up a little bit. You and I both are taking like four or five days to respond to one another right now. And it's not, not typical for us. So it definitely says a lot to what's on our plate. Well, and I appreciate that, you know, I appreciate that we have that kind of relationship where you don't, you know, get upset because I'm so upset. He doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, uh, so that's it for the podcast. So, uh, hopefully you learned something from this. If you didn't, whatever, we're doing this for fun anyway. So good luck. Take ass. Take it easy. See ya. Yeah.